Welcome to Where's My Sports At Basketball Edition. This week is a special, special moment in the time and the history of basketball. What we're going to be talking about, and this will go across the world, across the NBA, is dog squads. But first, to define what we're going to talk about with dog squads, let's begin. Phil, what is a dog squad to you, my friend? Yes, a no, very good question, Jimmy. I think part of the reason that we're doing this, right, is because I think we all have a slightly different definition of what a dog is. For me, I feel like dogs can be quite self-evident. For me, a dog quite often doesn't fill out the stat sheet. So they are often the ones that are setting the screens, doing the box outs. Um, they can be the ones that do the hockey assist, you know, as, as they refer to the guy that passes the ball to the guy that does the assist. You know, the other ones, I guess, aren't necessarily the muscle, but they have that sort of element to them that, you know, can not necessarily intimidate the other team, but they, they have a presence to them. It's, that's my initial definition of a dog squad. But as we talk, I think more things will, will, will come forward. What about you, Bernsey? What do you think? What's, what's sort of top of the mind? How do you define a dog? Like, oh, for me, you're, you kind of somewhat right there for the same here as, uh, a dog is, it's almost, being a dog is almost a stat that can't be recorded yep. in basketball. You know, it's, it's those guys that aren't accredited to winning plays, those hustle plays, those guys that you want on the front line of the war. Like, much like those berserkers from Lord of the Rings, you know, you're just going to set them straight at the line and just hope they do some damage and actually come through for you, right? So, Lord of the Ring, the reference, hold on a second. One ring to rule them all. Exactly. Yeah, one ring. So, yeah, I mean, it's just those guys that you put all your faith into that they're going to come through for you. You know, they're going to give 200 out of 50%, and it's just undeniable hustle and grit and grind. Just touching off, off the back of that, Bernsey, I think it just came to mind culture. I feel like the, the other guys can quite often be the linchpin of the culture of a team as well. I think they are quite often a major contributors to that. I've said my piece, Jimmy. What about you, mate? Mate, I, I've always defined a dog by the odds are against them. The series, game, whatever's on the line, you cannot count them out. And it doesn't matter you know, who they're playing. They could be up against the greatest team of all time. They might not have the talent. They might not have the skill. But you know that they're going to wear their heart on their sleeve and take that game to the wire and go as hard as they can, dive for every ball, everything that's on offer, no matter what where it is. And it could just be game one of the season. Yeah, that that's how I, I've always defined a, a dog and just someone who wants to go hard right from the get go. And yeah, I've got a I've got a few players and I had to leave a few out, had to leave a few in, and I struggled as well with today's squads. Cause I think that sort of characteristic has been lost along along the way with a lot of these young ones of today. But again, like if we look in 10, 20 years time, we'll probably say that these guys had the dog in them and we just didn't know it. <laughs> yeah, I think touching off the back of that, James, as well, I think it's important to note that a dog is different to clutch. Yeah. So I think like Kobe, he was a dog, right? And he was clutch. LeBron, I don't think LeBron's a dog, but he's clutch. So I think, you know, that's a careful sort of, um, and I think you, you nailed it though when you said game one, 
Um, I can think of a, one particular player um, who I won't say yet. I'll unveil them. But they got a lot of stick because they won a, maybe a, a play-in tournament and they acted like they just won the whole championship. And I think that's the whole thing, right? For me, it's like, it doesn't matter that it was just a play-in tournament win or whatever it was. And they you know, might have gone on to lose the whole series 4-0, whatever it was. But it was that whole, like, you know, playing like it was. And that's, that's, that, that's that mentality that, you know, that you talked about. Or they lose by one point and during an in-season game and they show the press conference and they're dark. You know, like, they're just like, oh, you know, like, I hated losing. I didn't want to lose that game. It's just like, oh, we just keep losing. And you're just like, well, it was just one point, mate. Just You've got, like, a whole 81 games to go left in this 82-game season. But Doesn't matter. Yeah, there's guys <laughs> like that, eh? And there's... There's a couple around at the moment, actually, that are starting to show a bit of, and I like using the term, the red mist, and it just might have been one call, and then they talk about it in the game, you're like, oh, this guy's, this guy's pretty cool. I, I feel like the Pistons need a few of those players on their team. Maybe they wouldn't have tied the NBA record for most losses in a row. Throwing That's a bit something. of shade there. Sorry, Pistons, but, you know. <laughs> 28 games. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But also, you, you got to think like dog coaches. Like, do we need to add that in? Like, who would be our dog coach? Because some teams, you, you talk about heat culture because heat culture will come up a lot in our conversations. But heat culture starts with a couple guys, right? Eric Spolster and as well, Pat Riley. Pat Riley. Pat Riley 100% Pat Riley. If you guys watch Winning Time on, uh, I think it's on Neon, something like that. But, no, I haven't. Uh, yeah, he, he was cool. He would like just get guys to just run and run and run and run and never give up so you could imagine what he would have been like to play with pretty cool well look at his career look where he at the lakers then at the heat and now as a you know gm we won't mention the next though i'm just gonna throw on brad stevens there too just because i gotta get my celtics up and yeah promote them a bit get boys well played mate i like how he just like threw it in there well (laughs) how many rings did did brad win yeah Sorry, mate. Just comparing him to Pat Riley. Sorry, I couldn't help. Just ask him, mate. I'll just say he's a dog, is all. You're right. Fair, fair, fair. (laughs) And the other thing as well is like um, those sort of guys that brought team cultures together, didn't they? Like Brad Stevens was one of those guys that has, every time he was coaching, he would, wouldn't matter what he had, his team would fight. And now, still seeing that really still seeing the fruits of that labor from many years ago um through the organizations and you're starting to see it in teams like the utah jazz i have to say uh, i don't really rate the jazz but dan marley being the um gm he or is he gm or director of basketball i'm not sure what he is at the moment, something like that but he's organizing a team that fights like bringing out the best in them bringing out the best in players like laurie markinen who was supposed to be the next you know, great hope from uh, Europe or the, what was it? Discount Dirk. And now he's starting to show his promise. Uh, yeah. So it's, it's going to be a good discussion boys about what is our ultimate dog squad. And I'm really looking forward to uh, hearing from both of you at what you've got in the, in the tubes there lads. Maybe we need to, uh, after this, go to 2k on PlayStation, um, put these squads together and battle it out against each other. Eh? Oh, I like it. I like it. See who is the true dog team. Mm. Right, boys. I'm going to kick this off with 
My point guard being Isaiah Zeke Thomas Sr. I reckon he's an absolute dog, this man. He was probably the one to really go toe-to-toe with Michael Jordan. The only one to really kind of put a stop to him as well, I reckon. So, I mean, to do that, you've got to be an absolute dog. You know, one of the, the goat, the debated goat, we should say. Michael Jordan having a, a rival in Isaiah Thomas was just a great watch through the early 90s. And yeah, inspired all young hoopers out of the time. Next, I have for my shooting guard, Tracy McGrady or Team Mac and Cheese. The game that cemented him for me and my dog squad was the Rockets versus San Antonio Spurs when there was, oh, I think it was 15 points and 35 seconds left, as Yao Ming would say, but 33, po- oh, sorry, 13 points and 33 seconds. The half of the uh, stadium had already pretty much left the stadium and was on their way home. And then T-Mac, the dog, he is the side he was going to bar up and start draining some threes and came in clutch and won the game for them. And that was an absolute dog effort to, to pull the boys out of the, the rut there. So yeah, T-Mac is my shooting guard. My small forward, I had Larry, the great white hope. It's one of the most savage players and trash talking, uh, physicality and just general badassery, I'd have to say. And, you know, you go through and you can read any sort of article or story from any player who faced him of the time. And there's undoubtedly dog in the man so yeah Larry Bird cement him in for my small forward thank you and my power forward Dennis Kim Jong-un's best mate Ro- Rodman <laughs> well played <laughs> greatest you know greatest rebounder in, in NBA history I mean stats don't lie and to do that you know hustle grit grind straight dog and for my center I, mean, I couldn't look too much past him but there's so many to choose from but tim duncan and i want to separate his nicknames from the usual introduction just because he's just phenomenal so for his nicknames i've got groundhog day old man Riverwalk, which is <laughs> the, the stone buddha more probably commonly known around basketball as the big fundamental but his teammates family, friends, everyone just referred to him as Timmy. Timmy! And, I mean, you could just look at the man's career and just see the dog in him. Even with his, even with a supporting cast, you know, I don't think without him, the Spurs of that time wouldn't have been the team that they were. And it's, you know, it's just straight dog, doggery, really. Yeah, I don't know who else I would have in that position. The ones who didn't make it for the cut were Alan Iverson, Controversy outside of basketball, but still being one of the greatest to never do it. Um, deserved an, a bit of a mention there. I also had Javel McGee. Uh, I think he's had a very highly underrated career with three rings from two different clubs. And, you know, he's he's one of those blokes you can chuck on a court. Even full court, he'd bring the ball up and he'd do something, you know, whether it be good or bad, he, he's there, he's in the mix. And, yeah, I just had him as a dog. Lastly, since I can't have the great Black Mamba in my team. I'll have to take the great White Mamba as well, Brian Scalabrini. And, you know, being named after the Black Mamba just goes to show what kind of work ethic and how much just the man had himself. He was not particularly a star player, but he's just one of those guys that, you know, you could chuck on. He's a lockdown defender, and he was going to put a stop to the game. If the team got on a roll, he just pulled the dog out on him, start foaming from the corners of his mouth, and just make something happen. 
coming off the bench, I'd have to have Jamal crossover Crawford. And just nice. looking at the man, how he held himself in games, he pretty much brought street ball to professional NBA. How he can come off the bench and have such an impact and make it look fun as well as make, embarrassing his opponents at the same time, you know, just absolute dog. Great score, especially with Rodman, man. I didn't think to add Rodman, mm. like, even though he jumps for everything, but honorable mentions, yeah, you had some more. Yeah, just quick, rattle off a couple of people here. I had Scotty Pippen, Ron Artest, aka Meta World Peace, Steve Nash, and Kevin Garnett. And he didn't make the dog squad only because it's not who I think is the best person for the position. Yeah, boys, that's mine. I, I love the list, Bernsey. Going back to your point, old Isaiah Thomas, he was such a dog that Jordan stopped him from being in the dream team. <laughs> That's how much of a dog he was against Jordan. It's effectively where it all came from, right? That those rivalries, whatever, whoever says what, you know, there's a long-standing beef going on there and it has to come back to how much the De- those Detroit Pistons handled those bulls back pre, pre the first three feet. I think that beef's still standing today. 100%. Well. And the, the good thing that I like about uh, Thomas and T-Mac, Bird, Rodman, Duncan with your whole squad, they're still dogs now. Like, Isaiah Thomas is still a dog in real life. You are, They ask him a question, they go, oh, who's your greatest rival? And he's like, I hate that guy. Or, you know, still today, um, still has a rivalry with everyone. Tim Duncan, probably not so much these days. He's so chill. But on the get him over that line. Oh, man. Uh, good good shouts, Bernsey. I like it. I like Thank it. Us. I think that's probably what made Tim Duncan such a dog is that he's been able to be such a dog on court. And then basically the moment he retired, it's like, oh, where's Tim going? Girl's hair out? Who did? Dreads out. Right, coming up with my dog squad, I've gone in a completely different avenue, completely different thought process, a completely different list. If you were to put my team up against... Burnsy's team, they would probably wouldn't score a point, but they would make Burnsy's team work bloody hard themselves. So coming at number one for my point guard, probably the only person that can score, Brandon Jennings. Absolute dog. He he mattered whether or not they were winning by 30 or losing by 30. He played the same sort of way. Jack and threes and just tenacious. I know him most from his time as a buck, but he bounced around a little bit there as well. At number two, all-team defense, Tony Allen. He, you know, he couldn't really score a basket, but boy, could he play defense. And he let everyone know about it. That was his favorite thing to do, right? Barking up and down the court, you know, first-team defense. The no, obviously started off as a Celtic, was probably most well-known for his time in the grit and grind Grizzlies. And then, as I found out recently, when I saw him get pulled in, a, in an obsidian break, he had an, with an auto with the New Orleans Pelicans. So, as most players do, they drift towards the end of their career. Number three, we have Ron Artest. So, similar there with you, Bernsey. Not the Meta World Peace version, but the, yeah, the Ron Artest version before he decided that he wanted to project how he wanted to live his life um, through his name. Um, most Probably most well-known infamously for Malice in the Palace. You know, lying on the sideline, on, on, oh, sorry, lying courtside. Minding his own business, just going about his thing. Then next thing, big old drink gets thrown right into his face. And so instead of just letting it go, 
he went to do something about it. <laughs> Why and, was he uh, lying down? Uh, <laughs> uh, calling it, I mean, he's an enigma. I mean, I don't think really anyone really knows what's going on with, with old Ronnie boy. But yep, no, he's he's coming in at number three from a, from a small forward spot. At number four, the second member of the grit and grind Memphis Grizzlies, Zebo Zach Randolph. I don't think he could jump. I think he was most famous for just not being able to jump, but he could make space for a board and he could back the biggest guy down and score in the low post. He could shoot mid-range. He was, just, he was a dog. He was tenacious. It's what he did really well. And at number five, number he's but he's built much like Zion Williams too, isn't he? Yeah, probably not as athletic. I I would probably liken him between a crossover between Charles Barkley and Zion. You know, Barkley and Zion would probably be more athletic, but Barkley, you know, the round mound of rebound—that's kind of what Barkley was known for. But he was obviously shorter. Zion's a bit bigger, and that's that's where Zebo, from memory, I'm going to add another little bit of hybrid DNA into that. I'm going to go PJ Tucker as well for his speed. Okay. Yes. Yep. Sneaky. And let's not forget Zebo headband Zebo. That's the only Zebo that we really need to be talking about. And at number five, a little bit more obscure, but he had a good wee run there. Yukeem Noah. He had one of the ugliest shots that exists in the NBA, but that guy was a dog playing for that, that Chicago Bulls team. They had Jimmy Buckets, Derek Rose, Carlos Boozer, you know, that, that era that really tried as tried and tried as they might against the LeBron James heat, but they just couldn't quite get there. But he was a dog. And the thing I liked about Hakeem Noah is, you know, he didn't need the NBA by way of money or career. He comes from money, but it's, I guess, probably what, what I like about him the most. He was such a competitor. And he just, you know, he just loved basketball and he loved playing hard. Honorable mentions. I was just going to say with Yakim Noah as well, he, he did his job so well that he was such a great supporting cast for young Derek Rose to become like such a prolific point guard, shooting guard and doing what he does best and winning the MVP spot. And I don't think he'd be able to do it without him. Without Youngest Noah. MVP ever, if I might add. So yeah, no, good, good addition there, Bernsey. And then number six. We've got, again, more obscure, Quincy Acey. Man, that guy just attempted to break the rim every single time he dunked or put the ball up into the hoop. He's not your traditional sort of scoring six-man coming off the bench. That's not how I've, how I've placed him in that role. But, yeah, he played with just tenacity, and he would literally bark at people. So I don't know how much more of a dog you need to be <laughs> you know that's literally how you how you play your game market yeah he was a beast he didn't have a long career but boy did he ball out he yeah he took his opportunity as, as best as he could and yeah he was fun honorable mentions i've got kg same as you bernsey he was just a flat-out competitor ben wallace again he could probably be in the team but he was probably more known for other things other than being just a flat-out dog Monte Ellis, Monte Ellis, he just, he balled and he balled as a warrior, as a buck, he, you know, various different teams. He was fun. Udonis Haslam probably personifies probably dog, but you know, I had to have, I had to have Zebo at my four spot. So that's why UD missed out, but absolute dog. Um, and then my last honorable mention, Boogie Cousins, big Boogie Cousins fan, really gutted how his career turned out in terms of, you know, 
tearing his Achilles at that age as a basketball player, I think it's really difficult to come back from that. So his career got cut short a wee bit. But yeah, he was just, I love the snarl. Again, you talk about dog, he used to snarl and he just hit you know, mean mug, everything about Boogie. He was, he was fun to watch, you know, as a king. He was most well-known. They had a very unsuccessful run, unfortunately. I don't necessarily think that was his fault. They haven't been successful since they had White Chocolate in the early 2000s. <laughs> I don't think you can blame Boogie. But uh, he had a he, when he was playing really well, he was a beast. He was quite good at the Pelicans too with him and Anthony Davis. When Anthony Davis goes, I'll ball handle, and Boogie goes, I can do. And then they're both ball handling up the court, and it's one of the oddest things you ever see. And then next minute, they blew it up and traded each other away, but... That's cool. Why they had those two on the Pelicans, I'll never know, but we'll, we'll live and learn. Were they trying to recreate the twin towers of David Robertson and Tim Duncan? Oh. That was, I mean, I don't know whether I can say that these days. That was their nickname at the time. What? <laughs> well, yeah. When they go, we're going to recreate the twin towers. No, we apologize to America. Yeah. <laughs> uh, good list, Will. Like, good yeah, dog listen, squad, bro. I think they'd be, I think they'd be like a good fighting team and what I was like looking through your list and thinking there is I think there they would be a team that you'd liken to the Pistons through that era. And I think that'd be a team it'd be low scoring games, <laughs> but they would know they'd fought for every point. So <laughs> Yes, no, exactly. That's my That's sort of it's, yeah, my take was just pure dog, not known for much else <laughs> other than being just a dog. You can only really have one of them on your team. I just happen, you know, we're obviously making a full team of them. So, yeah, collectively they wouldn't work, but individually they worked really well. Oh, could you imagine the, the coach trying to talk to these dog sports? Mm. Like, last and least, that's me with my final dog squad. So, I'm going to start with the same thing, starting with point guard, the number one starting man, ball handler. We're down by 20 points. We want to try and get back in the game. Chauncey Billups, part of that Pistons team, and... He was the heart and soul of that team. Everyone came around him. He followed. And I hope he's going to do well in coaching. I'm a bit worried with him at Portland at the moment that he's going to lose some of the gloss of how good a player he was. He knew how to be a point guard, knew how to get his team back into the games and rally the troops. And also he knew how to defend. So one of the great two-way point guards that I've seen in the NBA, and I just he's my starting dog, one of the first names on the list. Uh, next one there, I had Reggie Miller with the ability to be able to come on with the game on the line and then just take the game by the scruff of the neck whether you're down by 30 or 40 points, maybe not 40, 40 might be a bit too much of a stretch, but 30 points, Reggie Miller's going to keep you in the game. And he would just fight and fight with people anyway, but he was one of the great trash talkers of all time that I've seen as well. I watched a few documentaries, still trash talking people on those documentaries. And that's for me, ultimate dog that you carry it on after the fact, not like New Zealand where we just let it go when we're on the field. He didn't let it go and he's mountain biking now. So that's cool. I, I like that. Follow him on Instagram and it's like, where's all the basketball stuff? What's all this mountain biking stuff got to do with your game? Next one I had in the list and this was actually my first name that I wrote down and he's still playing Jimmy Buckets. So every time you look at the heat, when they enter the playoffs, you, you might as well have a look and go, okay, that game's winnable. That game's winnable. Oh, the heat, they're the team you don't want to match up against. And you look at last year, they came from the play-in game. I think they qualified eight originally. 
and they battled all the way to the NBA playoffs. And it was a combination of a couple of things. Udonis Haslam on the bench, sitting on that old seat. But also then you have Jimmy Buckets who just dragged that team through the fire and they had players out like Tyler Hero was gone. They had a couple injured guys and a couple guys that they'd bought through from the G League. I think Caleb Martin, he was the guy signed a two-way deal and Jimmy Butler just rallied the troops. It didn't matter. You know, they might be 3-0 down in the series and he dragged that team back through the fire and to me, he's just the ultimate competitor. Um, not my favorite player um, at the moment, but he is close. Very close. He's definitely a player to leave everything on the court, man. You're absolutely right. Straight dog. Hard work beats talent. Hard work beats talent. All day. And I like as well, like his preseason photos as well. Like, yes. Evo Jimmy Butler last year was dreadlock Jimmy Butler. And apparently, I was just reading a thing now. He has written a country album and he's written about 60 songs. So Jimmy Buckets, man, like. If that ain't a dog, I don't know what is. Triple, is it a triple threat? You know, basketball player, human being, country singer. Does he need to dance? Cosplay. Cos- cosplay. Oh, yeah, cosplay, yes. Coffee connoisseur. Oh. Coffee. Yes. Co- Big head coffee. Big head coffee. Like, no mirrors in his house. <laughs> Can't look back. Can't look back. I just love the guy, and I think he is one of the great stories of the NBA, and I can just see him now, after when he's retired, that he's got to come in and do commentary or something, because he is just so funny. Next player I had, and I agree with you with, with this one, Burnley. I I had him at power forward, though. Tim Duncan, I know he's a center, technically always was a center, but always listed as power forward to get power forward money. Again, another player there that the team just rallies around, and... Not only is he a dog, he's also a, a dog leader. So if you had him on your dog's, dog squad and in that team, he would knock a few heads together to keep the team on the court. And with the Spurs, I just always felt they were in it with him. And you don't get to, I think you got the 18 playoff series over his career where and never been knocked out in the first round. So he's just another player that, you know, like that just doesn't happen. Unless there's something, and yeah, he's got it. Next one I had, my leading man and center of the dog squad. Can't go past this guy for me, Ben Wallace, man. That afro, sometimes headband. I love a headband in the NBA. Ben Wallace, what a dog. And that dog was hunting. He was hunting. Wasn't he washed? Like, he'd just go, he'd, he was like the human fly swatter, right? Like, every time a ball would go up, I think six foot nine, but his wingspan seven foot three and he could just stop a game and you saw that with the scores back in those days they were playing finals playoffs games going 79 to 80 or 74 to to 69 sort of points back in that time when you got Kobe and his average of game games and they winning were like 105 to 108 so this says something about what they did and they stopped the rampant Kobe probably from winning the most rings of all time, maybe. I feel they might have done that with getting to that final and winning that two-peak. So that's my squad, guys. Six man I have on that team. Balding Manu Ginobili. So balding. it's got to be. And, you know, like... Friar Tuck. Friar Tuck bald. Yeah. Manu Ginobili. Yeah, top of the head. That's the game. Not if recede. Not, top of the head. If you're not giving up your hair that bad, you're a dog. You're not working hard <laughs> enough to be a dog. Uh, but Manu, same sort of thing. He was 
a, a key cog in that wheel of that great Spurs outfit. And he would just get the team together. And he did on the international stage as well with a team that wasn't as talented. And Manu just dragged them through. They made, I think, the semifinals of the World Cup against our Fable Tall Blacks one year. And the guy, Scola, who was playing for that Argentina team, poked Sean Marks in the eye and blinded him for the rest of the tournament. Dylan Boucher had him, though, our boy DB. And I know you're a listener there, Dylan. So we appreciate you for getting revenge on him, Billa. Then I had notable mentions, boys. So, so hopefully you like my dog squad there, lads. I, I took a lot of time. I, I wrote in pen, so you know it's official. I think my team would still take it, bro. Oh, oh. oh no, we're going to fight only. <laughs> we're going to have some debates, boys. <laughs> I had a big list of notable mentions. So I had, because I, I was like, I'm going to arring over players. But then when we laid out our criteria, like Shaq was in there. I just love Shaq. No matter how big he got, he's still competitive. Chris Webber. I love Chris Webber. Just a dog with the with that King squad and he dragged them through. And part of the Fab Five as well of Michigan. Rest in peace, old boys. Even though they're still around. Um, <laughs> so I love Chris Paul. I just think he's one of those guys. And you can tell that he is the best coach in the NBA. I think CP3 suffers more so from small man syndrome than he does from being a dog, personally. Was that even in the fight with Rajon Rondo? or <laughs> They dogged it out in that fight. Yeah, Rondo is actually a good shout for a dog. Mm. I just didn't like that Celtics team. So that's why I can't even really mention his name. He, he was hard to leave out of this team. I, had, I didn't have Rajon in there, but... I put him up there with Chauncey, just kept this team in the game. I had Jamal Crawford down as well. And I've got a couple like little sneaky additions and I'll explain why I think they're dogs. Um, Valunas. And I just think that guy's just a battler. He's on and off. And I wish he was more consistent because when he's on, he's a 2020 guy. Just battled hard, rolls the sleeves up, gets to work. Looks like he could carry about four bales of hay over his back. While he's Um, chopping three blocks of wood at the same time. With his hands. (laughs) Then the last dog that I had in for consideration, and I only did this because he's a Kiwi, Stephen Adams. He is the guy that no one wants to fight in the NBA. Mm. And I don't want to fight him. He's just tough. You know? you speak, speaking of that, though, Jimmy, him and James Johnson are like first and second every year. James Johnson's like a black belt. It's like, yeah. what are you doing still playing in the NBA? He's a dog, actually, that's just collectively throw him into the pool. Who uh, wins in a fight? Johnson or Adams? I think Adams would just like, come on, bro, it's all good. Yeah, he'd and deflate then, like, the situation. Yeah, he'd just deflate it, and then it'd just be all good. And that's all we've got time for on Basketball Edition today. Hopefully you liked our dog squads. Make sure to check us out on TikTok, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Apple Podcasts. Make sure to give us a like, give us a subscribe, come and join us on Instagram. Uh, We've got a little thing running on Facebook as well. Follow us, like, subscribe, share with your friends, have a yarn with us, have a chat with us. We love our fans. Thank you so much. And boys, cheers again. Appreciate your guys' work. One team, one dream. Cheers, butter. Appreciate you too. And you too, Benzie. Yeah, the boys. Love it. Thank you for listening to the Basketball Edition podcast. Please make sure to follow us on our socials, basketball underscore edition underscore WMSA. And if you are wanting to have a chat with us, please send us a message. 
and we'll get back in touch with you. Make sure to follow us on Apple, iHeart, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and YouTube, all good podcasting streaming channels. Thank you.